You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 351 and 352 of Fed by Ravens, where we are quite literally being fed the word of God by ravens whilst in the desert. Okay, not literally in the sense of actually we're uh-huh, in the desert, uh-huh. but... Or actually being fed by ravens. Well, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, what is true is we've been covering every chapter of the Bible in the year of 2018. Glad you're with us. Um, hopefully you've started on uh, episode one. Yeah. And you're feeling what we're feeling, a little bit of excitement and anticipation. If you're just skipping to hear what we say about Revelation... Don't. Big mistake. You start from day one, and this will make a lot more sense. Yes. Like everything with me or and or Matt. <laughs> give us a chance. Start with day one. You'll see. You'll All see. Right. Where are we today in the OT? Our Old Testament reading for today is Ezra chapter 1 through chapter 4, verse 5. Whoa. There it is. Sorry. Everybody makes mistakes. Ezra doesn't. Ezra. (laughs) So let's catch up. A new book, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So we are now in, we've been kind of steeped in prophets. Yes. Daniel, Malachi, Zechariah. And so the prophets are always like, they're in it. They're in the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And so as I started reading Ezra, I had to go back and go, where are we? Uh, Because Ezra comes much later to, he comes like after the temple is built. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I was going, wait a second, I don't, I'm not putting this together until I realized, oh, Ezra is of the line of scribes. In fact, his name means the scribe. Mm. He's part of a school of thought that was resurrected during the time of Josiah when they had found some of the works of Moses. They'd found some of the Torah that they had been living without, and mm-hmm. especially in regards to temple worship. And so big reforms were brought up. But since that time, a couple hundred years earlier, there was a whole school of scribes that were um, focusing on the law of Moses, scholars, pretty much. And so Ezra is a scholar in the law. And where was he when God called him? You, you were oh, he, so he was a scribe for uh, the kings of Persia. And okay. so he was in Persia. He did not return with the, um, like, once... So, he gives a history in the first part of Ezra. He gives the history of the return of the exiles when right. Cyrus, who was prophesied by name by Jeremiah... Crazy. Um, way before his time, he Cyrus finally gives the decree to let the exiles go back to Jerusalem, rebuild their city, and rebuild their temple, and he would fund it. And so... Ezra is giving the history of what happened there. Ezra will actually come back to Jerusalem after the temple is built, but right now he is just writing down the history of what happened, who went back, and how it all played out. Perfect. And you see there's some themes in today's whole episode I'm, I'm recognizing, which is it, it does go back to the Egyptian exile. When they are freed from Egypt, the people of God, mm-hmm. there is this... Uh, the God's spirit has to work really hard to stir up the people to in this case to return in yeah. the first place to get out mm-hmm. and go to the promised land. Now it's to return. God's spirit uh, stirs up the people and it also stirs up like the Pharaoh 
mm-hmm. or Cyrus in this case. And so Cyrus is going, yeah, I want you guys to go back. And he even goes through kind of all the treasury mm-hmm. and says, here's all the gold and silver. Um, that Nebuchadnezzar stole from the temple. Like back cups in the and day. plates and silverware, yeah. all the, the little thing, all the things that go into the temple worship. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot. And so this king has been definitely moved by God to, to do this because there's no other reason right. that any, anybody would do this. So, so, yeah. so, yeah, so he allows the exiles to return, and in chapter 2, we get a huge list of uh, names of people who are allowed to go back. And yeah, we haven't read a list of names in a yeah. while. And so, just so you know, the names are broken down. It starts off with the, the leaders, and then it goes through... Um, the towns of origin that these people were from. Right. And so if you could trace your lineage back to a specific, not only clan and tribe, but also the town that your family came from and had property there, they were, they were come, they came back and their allotments were given to them back into their original towns. Oh, this is like a kind of a broken form, but still a form of Jubilee almost. Mm-hmm. Or Sabbath year, oh, like, yeah. or Jubilee, no, yeah. where things are restored. They're being restored so back God, to the family. God has mm-hmm. had to force feed his people everything good. Mm-hmm. So even the, the Jubilees and the Sabbaths that they couldn't keep, God has found a way to go, I'm now here. I'm restoring your lands. I'm restoring your inheritance. But there's some issues because there's some new people saying, uh, I'm a priest. Yeah, wait, before oh, we get there. Early? Well, before we get there, I just wanted to also yeah. say, um, then it gives a list of, the, who the priests were, the Levites that returned, the temple servants that returned, uh, even the sons of Solomon's servants. Yeah. So the people who served in uh, the king's palace, they are still a lineage that can be traced and are sent back as well. Uh, the, one of the big issues, though, is there was a very small number of priests and Levites that returned in right. the initial return. And so there weren't a lot of temple workers there. One of the cool things, though, is that like a lot of these lineages were uh, kept, yes, and uh, protected throughout exile. Right. Like the fact that they can trace back, like these guys were the gatekeepers of the temple. These guys, like the the children of Asaph, like the singers for the temple. Yeah. Like, the fact that they're still around. I'm like, this is so cool! Well, I can't believe it <clears throat> lasted that long through all, all the idolatrous worship. Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing it lasted that. Because this now, you figure in exile, that's kind of when you do start to take an interest in your heritage mm-hmm. and you're, like, longing, because you just got to imagine, I had to start over here in Babylon. How much better would it be to go back home and we'll do it right this time? And so God's working on every level to change hearts and... And mm-hmm. restore, but yeah, so they they come back, but well, and then one other cool thing was there was another uh, little note of people who came back, mm-hmm. and it was the people who married the daughters of the Gileadites, who oh, yeah. their their father didn't have any sons, and they wanted to keep their father's property yes. and their father's inheritance, and so they asked if they married any of the men that they would still keep their father's name right. and his inheritance. And they're listed here. And they're listed. And I'm that's like, so, that's so cool! But you only know this stuff because there are people, scribes, dedicated mm-hmm. to maintaining the scrolls and maintaining the word of God. Now, mm-hmm. there were people who came back, but they could not trace their heritage back to 
a clan, a tribe, or a place. They weren't found in their names weren't found in any of their lineages, and right. so they're like, you can come back, but you can't work. Like if you're claiming to be a priest, you can't work in the temple. Yeah, you can't have any of this stuff because we can't trace your lineage. But it would be attractive too. So if you have the lineage, and I'm your good friend, and I'm a believer in this Yahweh, I'm like, hey, I want in on that temple work. Because that mm-hmm. might be the only safe thing going back to start over. Like the economy is going right. to start from scratch, and, and it's all. and it's being governmentally funded. <laughs> oh yeah, and I mean, I had a thought; it just went out of my head. But mm-hmm. the idea was about. Uh, I think the idea I had was, oh, people have always wanted to be priests. Yeah, the Korah. Like people have always wanted mm-hmm. to handle those things because it seems mysterious important. and cool and important. Mm-hmm. And so God has and always it beats probably working out in the fields, right? So, so they come back, uh, they're kind of reallotted their lands and everything, and then seven months into the comeback, they decide, okay, we need to build the altar. Yes. Because... Start with the altar. The people around us are scary, and we need to pray and offer sacrifices to our God to ask him to fight against them. So when you've been out of it for a while, you start with... One step at a time, and the most important step is to have an altar where your sins can be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And so they do start burnt offerings day and night, um, and they begin to restore this whole sacrificial system and yeah. start building the temple. But guess what? Always, well, I'll say this. So they rejoice over that. Then um, they start to work on the foundation. foundation of the temple. Yeah, so this is at this beginning of the, the second year second that, year, yeah. that they're back. They finally have the resources and the workers to at least lay down the foundation of the temple. And they get it done. And again, it's um, Jeshua, Yeshua or Joshua, right. the high priest, and Zerubbabel, the governor. And they get it done. Where did we read about those guys? Uh, Zechariah? Zechariah and yeah. Haggai? You think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Zechariah and Haggai are also... This is going on during their time. Daniel is still in, in Persia. That, yes, yes. Uh, so they get it done. The young people are singing praises. The old people are mourning because they remember what the glory of the first temple looked like, and this does not match. Right, and so I was thinking, like, it's this very mixed, it's bitter and sweet yes. kind of uh, celebration. Yes. Because they remember what they lost. But yeah, it's very it can be confusing. But now it's being restored. But then I was thinking, how old were some of these people? But I realized they were in exile for seventy years. Mm-hmm. But the temple had only been destroyed like fifty years because mm-hmm. there was twenty years of exile. Yeah. That's when Daniel and all those yeah. guys were taken out, and the temple and they had hope that the temple mm-hmm. would save them. And it, when it didn't, that's like fifty years. Yeah. So you could be, you could be like sixty years old, or seventy, mm-hmm. remembering. The, mm-hmm. the temple in all its glory. Okay, yes. that was helpful for me. Yes. Deep emotions stirred up here. Um, and by, you know, laying a new foundation of God's word. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But what happens whenever you try to restore or you come back to God? Yeah. Personally and corporately? What happens? There's always adversity. Always opposition. Mm-hmm. Immediately. And immediately it's the surrounding countries. So it's this, So what it is is... When the Assyrians first came through and took the north, like Israel, away, yeah, yes, they uh, replanted other people that they had exiled or taken captive from right. other lands and replanted them into 
uh, Samaria. It's like uh, Australia. You, you send your convicts to a new conquered mm-hmm. land, and yeah. you, you want to make it productive. Right. And so they they then adopted some of the customs of old temple worship. And mm-hmm. so they show up after hearing the foundations have been laid, and they're like, hey, we want to work at this temple too. We've been sacrificing to your God as well. And, yeah, uh, we're kind of alike. We would love to do that too. We're priests, and we've been doing this ever since you guys have been gone. So... I think we're a little more experienced at it. And part of the cycle of spiritual growth often happens after you've repented and now you're all set apart to the Lord. You get this kind of opposition. Mm -hmm. And thank God there's enough zeal. Usually you're like, no. Yeah, so they... (laughs) No, I will not. the, The actual Levitical priests are like, no, you are not doing this because they recognize you are not of the sons of Levi. Mm-hmm. You have been here, but you've been mixing the worship of God with the yeah. other gods of your lands and the land like of the gods this of this land. land. Yeah. And so you are not going to come in here and mix up the worship that we're trying to rebuild. Well, that's what happened to us over and over yeah. again, and it does not work out. Right, so you are not allowed to do this. So they take great offense to yes. that, yes. and they start bribing all the Persian governors of the area to... Uh, make opposition for the rebuilding of the temple to the point that it gets back to Cyrus and Cyrus withholds his funding for the rebuilding of the temple. We don't know. Do we know that in this yeah. reading today? Mm-hmm. Oh. I just, yeah, I just know that. Yeah, it um, says um, they made uh, the counselors turned against them to frustrate them and their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius. So the yeah. same Darius that had. Uh, Daniel thrown into the lion's pit. You also figure that the people living there, uh, it's not just religious, it's political oh, and yeah. power. Like, Super you guys political. are the losers being released back here, so we're, we're the bullies of this area. Mm-hmm. And it's actually our area Cyrus is taking. Now, we haven't been using it, but now we want to, kind mm-hmm. of idea. But just know the push to work together with evil always will seem easier. Like, they're not that bad. Let's just work with them. And if we work with them, there'll be less headaches in in the future. I mean, the benefits seem better. Mm -hmm. But the people of God at this point, anyway, no, no, we cannot do it. Mm -hmm. And it's going to make your life harder. Yes. For the the time. that they don't start rebuilding for another 18 to 20 years. (laughs) Yeah. I just like the line. I want to read it. Um, says, you have nothing to do with us in building a house to our God, but we alone will build to the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the whole idea. So I'm glad it's, it, it's a good, again, we've had these moments throughout the whole story. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those sweet moments where they're going to trust the Lord and overcome. Yeah. But it's going to be hard. They're going to have to leave Egypt. They're going to have to walk into a battle they should lose. Mm-hmm. But the Lord is with them. And that's what they're all about right now. Cool. There it is. Our New Testament reading for today is Revelation chapter 8 through chapter 10. Sweet Revelation. Mm. Well, we are in chapter 8. So that means, without recapping, listen to the previous episodes and get caught up. If this is your first episode, you need to go back. You must stop here and go back. Uh, Because we are, at the moment, the six seals have been broken. Mm -hmm. 
Um, all hell has been broken loose, really. It's mm-hmm. on the earth. And then we end with uh, uh, five was the martyrs crying out how long. Yep. And then the sixth seal was literally the earth uh, reaping its curse. Yes. And so now we get to the seventh seal. And right before the seventh seal, mm-hmm. God's people were sealed. Yes. Cannot forget. So, Which is a big, big deal. And they're sealed and protected. And there, yes, and before the seventh seal, there was this. Yesterday, the last episode, mm-hmm. we ended with great worship all around the throne of the Lamb who was slain. Mm-hmm. He has cleansed us from our garments of violence with His blood. Yep. And so, therefore, we're not. We're the ones who aren't going to hunger anymore. We're not going to mm-hmm. thirst. We're going to be protected. Springs of living water. God will wipe away every tear from your eye. And now, the seventh seal is about to be opened. But before, there is a half an hour of silence. Right? Uh, no, it is opened. Have we already had the silence? When the lamb opened the seventh seal, there was a oh, silence he, oh, in sorry. heaven for Mike, about half an hour. That's right. He opened it, and it was just silence. Why silence, Matt? Don't do this to me. Come on, tell me, Matt. Matt, why? Why are you being silent? Oh, it's I the expectation. <laughs> oh, wow, that really worked. You're right. <laughs> It's the I, expectation of the new creation. Right. And it's and also I, prepare yourselves, buckle up, it's going to be awesome. Thinking too about what happened on the seventh day. Rest. So on the seventh seal, yes. Good there's catch. rest. There's rest. It's completely silent. And then after about a half an hour of silence, mm-hmm. That's when we start now to get into another grouping of seven. Mm -hmm. So we're in the seven seals. This is the seventh seal. And now we're going to get seven trumpets. Yes. Again, all creative language. Mm -hmm. And the trumpets are, if the king is about to come in, you go, Mm -hmm. and the king's judgment is going to be pronounced and his, because his, um, his full glory. Yeah. The king is in your presence. So blow the trumpets. Then you get some golden censers, which uh, this angel held, mm-hmm. and the Bible over. I mean, the scriptures say over and over again that the incense is the prayers that rose before God, mm-hmm. and so uh, we offer prayers with the saints before us and with the saints now. And this is, I thought this was a very cool scene because the angel takes fire from this altar, from the censer, from our prayers, puts it in the censer. He puts it in with our prayers and then throws it to the earth. Mm. And then the earth, so essentially. Yes. yes, you're right. Yes. He throws it to the earth. And so I'm just thinking uh, the, the prayers of people, are pure, when they're purified yeah. and they're thrown on earth, they are powerful. Yes. So that all that you're asking yes. for will come to pass. So like in, we're, all the people I'm praying to get healed, all the people I want to, like things to be made right those become this powerful flaming incense yeah. that hits the earth and it's full of lightning, earthquake, it's heard, it's like... <laughs> right. And so this is just the beginning of the seventh seal. Yes. The saints intercede for us in heaven and earth and um, and when the king comes, it basically this is for... I think this section is for that we will, we will stand because some horrible stuff's about to be said to you. Yeah, so, <laughs> so... So know that we're the ones who will stand. We've been cleansed, redeemed, and sealed within this seal. So remember, as we're reading this, and we're dealing with the, 
the reality of Christ's coronation, the reality of Christ has defeated Satan mm-hmm. and his powers, and he is coming back with judgment and salvation. Right. And so for those who do not look to him or are not under his blood, will be burned away. And for those who are under his blood, are sealed and saved right. and restored. So as we read this, there's like crazy stuff going down. But remember, the theme is God is destroying the curse. The curse will destroy and eat itself. So now let's get into the trumpets. So what I have is I have it broken down. I'll just kind of go through if you you have thoughts. But the first angel then, uh, this is the prayers of the people come down, this big ball of fire, and with it brings hail and fire. And it's a third of the earth is burned, mm-hmm. and and the call is to repentance. Yeah. So this whole again, as we're reading this, there is destruction happening to the earth and to the people. But the idea too is to turn everyone's hearts towards repentance. Right. So that's why all of these uh, in this seventh seal, the trumpets are a third of the earth mm-hmm. because God is gracious. Mm-hmm. He's saying, "I'm not look you. The earth deserved to be thrown away." At Adam and Eve. Yes. But in God's grace, he's been slow. He's come as a humble king. Now it's like, all right, the end is here. I'm going to destroy a third of it so the other two-thirds can repent. Right. So uh, also what I found in today's reading is it all resembles the plagues. That ate through Egypt. That ate through Egypt. And And the people of God were protected. The people of God were protected and sealed. And there were people in Egypt who repented there are people in Egypt who got in on, if you remember Passover, and you put the blood of the lamb over mm-hmm. your door, if you were Egyptian and you got into one of those houses, who yeah. knows the extent of your belief, but you were in the right, you were you sealed, sealed by the blood of Christ. And some the of lamb. them actually left with Israel. The slain lamb, dude. Mm-hmm. It's yes. Passover. Yes. Okay, so that's the language here. So God was giving us, even in, in, the exi- in Egypt, yeah, the formula he for was how saying, he's going to restore all things. And and it's the earth, it's the water, it's land, it's mm-hmm. the moon, the stars. Everything gets affected in those plagues, the yes. ten plagues. So this first one is reminiscent of hail and fire uh, destroying a third of the earth burned. Mm-hmm. The second angel blows the trumpet, and there's a great mountain that is burned and cast into the sea. And the sea, a third of the sea becomes blood, like the Nile. Right. And so... Uh, Sea life and ships are destroyed. And again, I think the great mountain we know would be like a pharaoh. Like, a, I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Like the great system. Yeah. Of Mountains power. are systems of power or authority. But it's burned and cast in the sea. Mm-hmm. That's the second one. The third one is this symbol of judgment called wormwood, which is like bitter. Yeah. And it turns fresh rivers and springs of the earth mm-hmm. bitter. A third of them. Then, the fourth. Yes. And that, re- re- remember the Nile also. Yeah. The third, or the fourth trumpet is blown, and a third of all light. Yeah. It's darkness. So like the sun, the moon, the stars are all darkened, which again, happened in Egypt. It happened, happened in Egypt. Also, if you're looking at this too, it's like a judgment on created order. Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking at seven days of creation, this again kind of lines up with everything. And you got, so everything works in completion, seven. And um, so this is the fourth one. Then there's a little reprieve in between. It's like, whoa. Yeah, an eagle, a bird of prey who will eat the dead, (laughs) is flying around 
crying out, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blasts of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. So, like, saying, like, oh, you thought those first four were bad? Yeah. Those next three are doozies. Please repent, because then we get the fifth. Now we're in chapter nine. Mm -hmm. And the fifth is a fallen star from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit, and he opens it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he opens it, releasing basically fire. Gar- think of a hot mess of a garbage fire. Mm-hmm. Smoke is everywhere. And then from this bottomless pit is unleashed, I would say it's basically a demonic force yeah. of locusts. It's, re- it's referred to as locusts. And mm-hmm. we know from Amos and the other prophets, locusts. Yeah, Joel. Joel. Joel had locusts. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Um, that is a warning that the troops from the north are coming down. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's the, again, this is a a revelation mm-hmm. from heaven's perspective. Right. And so all the demonic forces that have been withheld are being unleashed, and and here's what those guys look like. Yeah, and so they look like scorpions, um, or they look like locusts, power of scorpions. But the Locust I- was a plague too, right? Yeah. yeah. So like the idea, though, is they are given power to go forth, and they don't harm any of the natural, like the the earth, yeah. they harm people, but they're not allowed to harm anyone with the seal of God on their forehead. Right. It very clearly says, again, the seal of God. So, so far we're uh, nine chapters into Revelation, and coming into this book, all you knew was, what's the mark of the beast? Right. Well, so far we're two to nothing. <laughs> the seal of God is what counts. Yes. That's what we should be focusing on. Right. And we receive this seal mm-hmm. at baptism. Right. Like we are marked and it matters, it's just like they were marked in the Old Testament um, under the, the blood, of Christ, blood of the Lamb who was slain in Egypt. So now these demonic forces come out. And, and are these the ones who are tormenting for five months where people mm-hmm. are wishing they were dead? Yes. Because they're not given full authority over life and death. God is still restraining yes. the demonic forces. So there's a time and there's a, a time limit to their destruction. There's a limit to who they're allowed to destroy. Yes. And it seems like they're only tormenting who they're, they're attacking. Right. And then comes their leader. Right? Yes. They and have as king over them. Even though they, they have no king, they have this king. Yes. The king uh, over them as the angel of the bottomless pit, so the star that fell, mm-hmm. uh, is now named as Abaddon or Apollon. Polyon, which both mean destroyer. The destroyer, which is funny because the Amalekites are Mm -hmm. also of the destroyer. And this is uh, the official leader of people we've dealt with throughout the history of mankind. Uh, The destroyer who wants to torment and destroy people. Remember, it's all about they hate the image of God. The demonic hate that wants to make you look less and less like God, turning you into an animal, Mm -hmm. which is why... All the destructive habits people have turn them into animals. Right. Okay. So Christ, though, do we have the scene here where it's like Christ, or am I just okay? So now we get the sixth of this. We get the sixth trumpet. Well, I just want to say, Christ destroys Satan by Satan's own weapon. The beauty of the cross. I know we'll come back to it, but I just have to say, the destroyer. Mm -hmm. It's almost like Jesus takes his weapon. And says, yeah, turns it back on him, turn, lets him do it. Says, I'll take your weapon of death and I'll overcome death. Mm-hmm. And so the destroyer cannot destroy anything that's already been destroyed. Right. And so, Jesus has conquered just that destruction. 
Yeah, so again, the idea is these powers are being unleashed, unleashed, the demonic powers, but they're only affecting the people who have completely turned from God anyways. Right. And so now we get to the sixth trumpet. And... Four horns. And so the... This is a new iteration of the four watchers, the four corners mm-hmm. of the earth. It's the four horns, I think from a... Um, well, are we in chapter 10 yet? No. No. We're in 13. Good. Uh, verse 13. So, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, and the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now this new army bursts from the Euphrates. It's another demonic force. And it is, again, the Euphrates is like the borderline of the promised land. Mm-hmm. And so that's usually where like the... Uh, it's invading the, armies would cross right. over. So it's the cradle of civilization. So they burst forth and kill a third of mankind. And again, this is all set up to lead the rest of mankind to repentance. But the unfortunate part, and this is not the people who are marked, right? The unfortunate part is the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood which cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. I mean, essentially, they continue breaking the Ten Commandments. Yes. And essentially, think of Egypt. Right. After the miracle of God's people being delivered from slavery. Pharaoh continued to chase them. Yeah. and Until all of his army was wiped. And the rest of Egypt continued to worship their false gods. Mm -hmm. And so that's a theme. Now we get to the chapter 10, and you get... It, okay, so... It sounds like Christ. Yes. It, it's... We're not sure. A mighty angel down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head, mm-hmm. and his face was like the sun, his legs like pillars of fire. And he had a little scroll open in his hand, and had his right foot on the sea and his left foot on land. Yeah. I mean... And it, he called out with like a roaring lion, and when he called out, the seven thunders sounded. Yeah, and so there's, apparently there's a, in this scene, I kind of, looking at the scene, it's very reminiscent of Jeremiah's um, call, Ezekiel's call, and Isaiah's call to become prophets and to reveal these things. Yes. And so if you look at 10 as like, this is ordaining John to announce and write down these things and share them with the people of God. So this is like a little ordination and call to authorize John as, you are a prophet, you are allowed to tell these things to the people. And here's how we know this, because at the end of chapter 10, he has a a little episode that's a lot like Ezekiel Mm -hmm. and Jeremiah, where he he says, take this, take and eat it. The scroll. The scroll, yeah, the little scroll. It'll make your stomach bitter... But in your mouth, it'll be sweet as honey. Mm-hmm. And so he'd eaten it. It was bitter. And he said, now you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. Mm-hmm. And so what we know about the word of God, it's bitter and it's sweet. And here's the, sim- the symbols of that. Yes. Is that it's law and gospel. It's, oh, you need to repent. That's bitter. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I've been, I, even though I've tried to be good and I've believed these things, oh, God, forgive me. It's like a daily cry out to God and 
and then you receive the sweetness. So it's first bitter in your mouth. Yeah, I need stomach. our stomach. I need God. But then it's sweet in your mouth. Praise God, he's forgiven me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for Jesus Christ. And so this is like the ordination of John now mm -hmm. to record. And he's in the middle of the seventh seal, right. which is the final judgment slash salvation. Because mm -hmm. the first six are like all judgment on the unsealed people of God. Yes. Or not unsealed people, not yeah. of God. Um, but God loves everybody. So it's just amazing. You read this and you're like, why is God so mad? But again, you realize it's been delayed. It's only a third. Mm -hmm. God's trying to win. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Right. But there's uh, foes at work that he's conquered, and he's yeah. crying out. Um, oh, I did like verse 7 of chapter 10. But in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants the prophets. So we're, we're at the point in the story where whatever mystery is left. And mm -hmm. really the mystery, even for us, is when is God coming back? Is he coming back? How is he coming back? And he's like, I'm announcing how, and how I'm coming back. Right. We get caught up trying to figure out the details. Right. And what, what I think you and I were talking about and we've yes. discovered is every generation... It's, uh, let me start with the positive. You've been saved and you have the Spirit of God in you. You're a saint, mm -hmm. but you're still a sinner. Mm -hmm. But you can see the fruit of God's word starting to right. blossom in certain areas, but you're still struggling. So you, you have this hope that you're going to be made perfect one day. Right. Great. But it works the other way too. Yes. You see natural disasters, tyrants, uh, wars, all, wars, famines, violence. Just... You see it. And you know, though, it's not right. Mm -hmm. But you still live a life amongst all that that's not destroying you totally. Mm -hmm. It's the same way. There's a day coming when all that violence will be unleashed. Right. And it will destroy, it will implode. The curse of the earth is, the curse is the world will implode on itself. That's mm -hmm. why even global warming or violence, or I thought education would help people. No, only Christ can help people by giving mm -hmm. them a new heart. And so you see the end times, every generation's thinking, oh, we're trying to identify exactly what these mean, but what we need to grasp is the bigger story, the narrative which is, if you're sealed, remember your baptism. Call out to Christ daily. Mm -hmm. You're sealed. So we can stand up no matter what happens now to us uh, and the things that we're suffering now, God is taking care of it. And yes. he's coming back in his glory. It's not going to be humble on a donkey. He did that once. Yes. And so that's how we approach this. And that's how every generation can be encouraged by the victory of Christ in the book of Revelation. Right. Our psalm for today is Psalm 144, verses 9 through 15. I will sing a new song to you, O God. Upon a ten-stringed harp I will play to you. Who gives victory to kings? Who rescues David his servant from the cruel sword? Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. May our sons in their youth be like plants full-grown, our daughters like corner pillars, cut for the structure of a palace. May our granaries be full, providing all kinds of produce. May our sheep bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. May our cattle be heavy with young, suffering no mishap or failure in bearing. May there be no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed are the people to whom such blessings fall. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord.
Boom, you've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll talk to you next time.